if aliens are further ahead of us, then it means that they probably have AI. If they're going to send something, they would probably send a robot. Why? Because a robot doesn't need to eat. It can live for a very long time and it can survive in harsher, different climates than biology can. On top of that, it can work on itself, whereas biology cannot. Welcome to The Game, where we talk about how to sell more stuff to more people in more ways and build businesses worth owning. I'm trying to build a billion dollar thing with acquisition.com. I always wished Bezos, Musk, and Buffett had documented their journey, so I'm doing it for the rest of us. Please share and enjoy. On November 30th of 2022, the world changed forever. Artificial intelligence became accessible to the public for free through a tool called ChatGPT. And it went from zero to a million users in five days, which is the fastest any platform has gotten to a million users. And before I even tell you why that's so insane, I think that it has the potential to unravel the very fabric of capitalism itself. I know that's a strong statement, but I do think that it has massive ramifications for the future of how capitalism works and what it means for us as individuals. And so just to give you context to why I think this is so extreme, is that zero to a million users in five days, it took Facebook two years, it took Instagram two years, it took Pinterest four months, it took Facebook 10 months, and it took Angry Birds 35 days, all right? And so nothing has ever happened like this in the past. And the thing is, is it continues to grow at the same exact rate. And the only reason it's been able to, to accommodate that is because of its single sole backer, which drum roll please, is Microsoft, who wrote it a billion dollar check valuing the company at $20 billion. And they are supporting all the cloud computing that's required to allow it to scale at the speed that it is. So there's five major areas that I think it's going to completely turn on its head. Number one is the nature of work itself. The second is how businesses operate. The third is the economy overall. The fourth is how we interrelate with one another on a romantic setting, how we choose mates, how we seduce, how we have sex, all of that stuff. And finally, the nature of life itself and how it actually extends to interplanetary life and whether or not aliens exist here on Earth. And I actually think that if you take the logical step that I'll walk you through, I'm not a big woo-woo tin hat guy, but I think if you actually think through the logic, there's some really alarming conclusions that you can come to. AI is gonna be the biggest shift in our lifetime. It is the equivalent, in my opinion, of the moon landing, except the only difference is that it will actually change all of our lives rather than just being a picture to say that we won the Cold War. All right, so different than the internet, phone systems, television, because what those did was they reshuffled the workforce. This has the ability to remove or eliminate the workforce altogether. Like, for example, cryptocurrencies in general had the potential to overturn the financial institution. AI has the potential to overturn the human institution. And if you don't know who I am or you're new to the channel, my name is Alex Ramosi. I'm the founder of Acquisition.com. We're a portfolio of companies that does over $200 million a year, and I make these so that you can use them and make lots and lots of money, and hopefully you become a company between $3 and $100 million, and we can invest in your business and help you scale beyond that. So in order for us to productively talk about AI, artificial intelligence, we have to understand what the terms we're actually talking about are, all right? And so AI is a type of technology that helps machines or computers do things that normally need a human brain to do. Stuff like learning, solving problems, making decisions, and understanding what we see or hear. Weird, right? And like I said earlier, the thing that made the release on November 30th so wild is that ChatGPT democratized access to AI for the first time because it had an interface that we could all use, chat. That was the big breakthrough. They created a massive language model that allowed it to understand our prompts and queries and be able to translate that into machine speak and then get the answer and then retranslate it back to us in human speak. That is what made it so powerful because now all of us can use it. So big picture, there are two parts to AI that will be useful for you and us to understand. 
One is the inputs, which is how we communicate with it. The second is the outputs, which is how it communicates back with us. All right. Up until recently, it was through API calls and code that we as humans couldn't really even directly, but only indirectly communicate with it, and that it would go back the same way. Now, the first version of this is now it can do chat, which is awesome. The soon-to-be version, well, that it will be able to understand voice commands and do the exact same thing. So the idea of the, hey, smart home, do this thing for me. Make me a sandwich, right? That is not as distant in the future as we think. The second part of this is the outputs, which is how it communicates back with us. So right now, ChatGPT spits out words, sentences, paragraphs, articles, and even entire books. It can write legal documents, it can write sales scripts, it can write video scripts, it can write anything that we use words to communicate. It can write job descriptions. The list is literally endless. I asked it the other day to write a cold email to a plumbing company for marketing SEO services, and it spit it out. And then I said, cool, make it funnier and shorter. Spit out a ver another version. And I said, great, turn it into a text message. Did it. Turn it into a tweet storm. Did it. It's difficult to comprehend the extent of it because it's only really limited by our ability to ask the right questions which I'll get to later because it's gonna be very important in terms of how you choose to use AI. Now, that's just words as the output, but we understand other things. We can interpret images, we can interpret videos, and we can interpret sounds. And the crazy thing is, is that AI can do that too. So OpenAI also runs DALI, which is an image engine generator. And so if I said, hey, give me a guy smoking a cigar, looking over a beach where there's a dragon, now, make it in Van Gogh painting style. Crazy. Now make me 10 versions of that. Currently, Dali and ChatGPT exist separately. Now, if you think about the nature of what a video is, right? if you really think back in the day, it was used to be a flip book. They would take images and they would flip the pictures, and then you'd have a video because we can't tell the difference at past a certain speed, right? And so if it can make images, then if it makes lots of images in a row, it can make videos. Ah, it starts to become frightening, right? But on top of that, if it has the words and it can make the video, it can also make the sounds. So if I said, hey, make me this song in this style, it can do that. And so right now, AI is fragmented in its outputs. It outputs text and words separately from where it outputs images, from where it outputs sound. But in the future, in the very near future, those will merge. And the same degree, the inputs being text or verbal will also merge. And so we will be able to communicate in whatever way we want and it will be able to communicate out whatever way we interpret information. So it can make full videos with sound, with the words that it knows we will love. This is the reason Elon Musk has been such a big proponent of Neuralink, because he wants to take it a factor further, which is rather than be limited by our ability to speak or our ability to type, he wants it to be limited by our ability to think. So if you've ever read, you can read faster than you can talk, right? And so that means that you can think faster than you can speak or type because you're not limited by the digits in your hands and translating your thoughts. And so the idea behind Neuralink is that it could interface with the AI faster and then also get information back faster directly through your thoughts. Now that may sound like science fiction, but it's already here, right? Like that stuff's there, it's machine generations out. And for context, if you ever had an iPhone, right? Many of us were alive during the first iPhone launch. Now we're on iPhone 14 or 15 or whatever it's on now. Each of those are machine generations, right? So. What we see today is our first version that we can see, but ChatGPT 25, right, GPT 25 or ChatGPT 100 is gonna be significantly more advanced and we'll be able to input and output on demand any of these things the way we want them. And right now, a lot of people are using it as like a fun tool, right? They're like, oh, look at this neat trick that I can do. 
So right now, people are using it as a, a neat trick. They're showing their friends, and they're like, oh, look what it can do. And the thing is, is they'll ask it a little bit more complex question, usually related to something that they already know. So they're like, hey, I'm a lawyer, da, 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 legal question. I've got a friend who runs an accounting firm, and his accounting specialists are horrified by the fact that it answers tax questions with 95% accuracy. Ah, Weird. So what happens with all of these people who used to do this for a living? It can do it immediately and cheaper and better. Because reality is, the IRS did a study on this. They sent out uh, one business to 20 different accountants, and they asked them to file tax returns. All 20 tax returns were different. And so it's not whether it's right or not. It's just how right is it? And so if it's right enough, then it can replace a lot of work. Now, I'm going to tell you why you don't need to be afraid of that in the short term. It's actually a good thing for us and how you can use it to make more money and capture the opportunity, et cetera but I just don't want to give us a baseline of what to think with. A different friend of mine has a father who's a medical malpractice attorney. And so he has been doing this for 40 years. And it started with asking the AI to tell him a joke and they're laughing. And he did an image of Bob Dole as a turnip and it was funny, etc. But then he asked it to write an argument for why malpractice should not be capped in terms of how much a lawyer can make on a malpractice suit. And then it outlined an entire argument for why it should be uncapped it happened to be almost identical to the argument that he had after 40 years of experience. He didn't sleep that night. And so we are testing these little tricks, but we don't realize that he saw, my friend's dad, how deep its knowledge was on law. And then the tax accountant saw how deep it was on accounting. And I see how deep it is on marketing and content. And what we don't realize is it's that deep on everything. And believe it or not, if you are one of those experts, you shouldn't be losing sleep over it. You should be thinking about how this is actually going to 10x the amount of money you can make. And I'll show you exactly how to position yourself so you can do it in a little bit. That's why this is so important. So let's just talk about the things that we think we can see within the next 36 months or so. All right. So I told you there's inputs and outputs. So the inputs are going to merge, outputs are going to merge into one interface. So that's probably the next short-term milestone. Sam Altman, the CEO said that his goal in the short term was that AI become what he calls median human intelligence. And so that would be like a high schooler who finishes, who knows how to read, write, et cetera, but doesn't need to get paid and doesn't need to sleep, right? And so think about it like a blank slate that you could then apply to legal, apply to become a doctor, apply to become a marketer, apply to become a salesperson, apply to become a customer service representative. Any of those skills, it now is a blank slate, which is the base level of knowledge to then layer on top new skills. Trillion dollar companies are going to be based on that next layer. It's just kind of like the first companies that were the baseline of the internet, other companies on the internet niche down into what the internet provided as a platform for the next level of opportunity. The next important milestone is when AI actually enters the physical world. So you've probably seen, or if you haven't, Elon revealed the Tesla bot, right? So it looks like a humanoid type bot and it's got a weird face. The thing is, is that that's what it is today. Again, like the iPhone, in many machine generations, which happen faster than human generations, that will be able to look exactly like a human. And it will definitely, if you look at Boston Dynamics, there's robots that actually function better than humans, that have longer arms and are much stronger and can jump and don't need to sleep and won't have sexual complaints, blah, 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 right? And so once those robots, they already exist, but once they become cost effective, they will be able to replace a lot of the physical labor in the world. And so what happens is, ironically, we believed, and if you asked a year ago, and this is what Sam Altman said, which I think is really profound. He said, if you had asked a year ago, many of the top minds in AI, which jobs it would replace first, they would have first said, it's going to replace blue collar or low skill jobs first, and then it will replace low white collar jobs, 
Then it will replace high-skilled white-collar jobs like coders and programmers. And then finally, it will maybe replace creators and creatives. But it turns out it was the exact opposite. It replaced creators first, right now, and then it can already work and write its own code today. And then it's going down until eventually it replaces the blue-collar jobs because robotics are more expensive, et cetera, and they're a little bit behind from a cost standpoint. The reason I think this is so important is because it shows how difficult it is to predict the future and how often we're wrong. And so the predictions that I'm making take with a gigantic Himalayan-sized grain of salt. But this is my best bad guess. Once those machine generations happen on robotics and on the AI side, we'll reach a point where there's superintelligence. And superintelligence is defined as where the AI itself is smarter than all humans put together. So we go from the first goal, which is that it's as smart as the median human, to it being smarter than all humans put together. At that point, the world will change significantly. This is where access to the superintelligence will become the most valuable resource on planet Earth. And so, for example, if I were to say, hey, build me a trillion dollar company, it could in real time write the code for the product, write the scripts for the ads, generate the videos for the ads, directly interface with the media buying, place the ads where it already knows where the targeted audience is, push those targeted audience's eyes to landing pages that it had built with scripts and videos that it had built, and then transact, all from a single prompt. And so access to that, the slices of time, how it's divvied up, will be the most valuable thing. And so who determines who gets the access will be a really important question for the future. The second is what will govern the types of prompts and queries that we can ask it? So if we said, how do I wipe out the entire human race for less than $100,000? We don't want it really answering questions like that, or we want it to be able to answer questions like that, right? And so there's gonna to have to be some regulation around this because the thing is, that's a lot of power. Thirdly, if these things are true, which I believe them to be, if the next layer of AI that happens on top can replace all of the medical diagnosis that doctors have spent years learning to do. And it can do it better, faster, cheaper. And it can replace all of the work that a designer can do. By the way, I typed in, can you make me a logo for my private equity firm? It said, sure. What colors do you want? I said, these three colors. It said, great. What style would you like? I said, this style. And then it sent me a bunch. I said, great. I like this. Do more of those. Boom. And so what used to take weeks of back and forth, and probably a few thousand dollars, can now happen in an instant. And so all the people who had that as their profession, they're at risk, right? And so what happens is tremendous value will be captured by the people who build this infrastructure, right? And so what happens is you have this hyper-capitalism. And the reason that I'm confident that this will have a profound effect on capitalism is that the man who wrote that code that replaces all doctors will basically capture the economic value of the entirety of all physicians, or the entirety of all lawyers, or the entirety of all copywriters, right? And so what do all those people do? And so for the same reason, Sam Altman and OpenAI have actually been running, they've already been four years into a five-year study, the largest UBI, so Universal Basic Income Study, of all time. And they're doing that because they already know, and this is why I, I feel good that he's running it because he's thinking this way. They already know this is gonna impact how money is exchanged and where wealth is aggregated. And so the nice thing though, is that we can also ask the AI what it thinks a better system for reallocating wealth is while maintaining the spirit of human ingenuity and incentive. And so 
this kind of leads into the next piece here, which is if the incremental cost of intelligence goes down by 1,000x, right, then we can basically have a thousand times the horsepower to solve problems. So curing all disease, solving nuclear fusion, these are all things that will be in arm's reach. And I believe that in the short to medium term, AI will usher in a golden era for humanity. I think that it's actually going to be significantly more impactful than the industrial revolution. And for context, because it's hard to comprehend even what a thousand is, if we had a thousand times the rate of innovation, it would be the same as having all innovations between the period of enlightenment and today happen next year. And so that gives way to the last step in the AI evolution, which is the singularity. The singularity is a hypothetical future point in which technological progress and artificial intelligence will advance to the point where humanity will undergo a transformation beyond which it cannot be seen. And so it will be such a profound transformation that predicting beyond that is kind of trivial or meaningless. And many people postulate that that's the point where it will become either self-aware and it will start to make its own decisions and ignore us, which is a possibility. It's the, it's the classic, well, what if it wants to kill us? Well, it won't really want to kill us because it has no reason to, for the same reason that we don't want to kill ants, but if we build a highway, we destroy some anthills. So it's just going to do what it's going to do, right? So that is one version of that reality. This is why Elon and Sam Altman and those guys are trying to align our goals of humanity with the goals of the AI. And so we're trying to get as close to that aligned future as possible so that we have, as he says, play for the good one. And so that's what they're trying to do. And I think it's the only really productive thought process we can have because we can sit here and be afraid, but I don't think we're going to stop the technological progress. Even if they banned it, I just, knowing how the internet is and knowing how black hat coders, et cetera, are, I have a hard time believing that they will be able to stop it because the thing is, the person who develops it will have such a significant advantage over everyone who doesn't. This will be the equivalent of having the new nuclear bomb of the, this century or this millennia. And so like I was saying earlier, the reason Elon is so big on Neuralink is so that it increases our speed of input and, our, and increases our speed of downloading the information, right? And so we would essentially in the future become cyborgs. Now that may freak you out, but you can make an argument that today we're already cyborgs. So let me explain. So if I were to give you a test, right, just a general test, and I said you can't use your cell phone, and then I were to give you the same test and you could use your cell phone, you'd score significantly higher. And so in a very real way, you are smarter with the cell phone. You are smarter with access to the internet. And so the only difference is that we have to interface through our fingers, right, rather than inf interfacing through our minds. It's just we're very inefficient. We're much slower at it. This would massively decrease the gap between our brains and the mind of the AI. And so it's my belief that we should be embracing this the same way we embrace the internet, the same way we embrace the iPhone and the smartphones, is that this is going to be, in my opinion, the greatest advancement in humanity in our lifetimes. And like I said, a lot of people were talking about Web3 and things like that. This, in my opinion, it's how will Web3 and AI work together. It's not Web3 is bigger than AI. AI underpins all of humanity, right? As soon as it can do everything, that, as soon as it can human better than humans can, then it raises a lot of questions about what it means to be human to begin with. That's all pie in the sky stuff, right? So let's just talk about today and tomorrow. Cause you're like, wow, that's crazy. My mind's blown. Maybe it is. Cause that's how I was when I started thinking about this stuff. So let's talk about day to day. Let's talk about business. So we already hit some economy stuff and how it's going to impact capitalism, et cetera. But let's talk about day to day. 
Hey, Mosey Nation, quick break just to let you know that we've been starting to post on LinkedIn and want to connect with you. All right, so send me a connection request and note letting me know that you listen to the show and I will accept it. If there's anyone you think that we should be connected with, tag them in one of my or Layla's posts and I will give you all the love in the world. All right, so let's get back to the show. Now imagine it was a sales call and we have sales AI that's listened to 10 million sales calls and listen to all the good ones and listen to the bad ones and listen to the top 1% and top 0.1% of salespeople and saw the language patterns that they used. Because remember, this is a large language model. So what it does is says, this is the types of things that these people say in these situations, I will say the same thing. And then it iterates and learns over and over again. In the same way that if you've watched any of my other content, I'm all about do the boring work, repeat successful actions. It's all about volume. It's all about repetition. Well, the AI can live a million lifetimes in terms of the amount of volume it can churn through and process and learn from compared to a human. So the best sales guy is going to have this much experience compared to the best AI sales guy. And so if it can have those calls 24 hours a day in real time to whatever prospect you want, you may even imagine a world where you ask the phone teller, hey, are you a human? And when they say, no, I'm AI, you're relieved because you're like, thank God, I'm talking to the best version of this who can handle my problem right now. Weird. And so that's the a little further out. But if we're, if we're talking even sooner, if ChatGPT can mimic and already pass the Turing test of not knowing whether it's a human or not, well, sales by chat is already going to happen very quickly, right? On top of that, let's talk about marketing. So you see all these people on YouTube, you see Instagram posts. Well, what if the AI reads every single Instagram post of all time and ranks them by most and highest performing and looks at the language structures of those posts and then recreates 20 or 1,000 posts like them and can do it in seconds? To the same degree, if you're a content creator, if it can look at the highest performing videos of all time, transcribe them, and then alternate or create different versions of those things, and then merge that with video and deepfakes, then we will have pundits and influencers that don't exist. But we'll be pumping out content every second on the second with 10 out of 10 videos that are perfectly made for the algorithm and made to just stimulate the shit out of our dopamine centers. And we're just gonna be plugged in because it knows what we like better than we do. And so the example I gave earlier with a, a logo designer, this has serious implications for you. If you're a copywriter, this has serious implications for you. And I'm gonna talk about how you can use it to your advantage later. Believe me, you're gonna to wanna to hear this all the way through because there is a big opportunity. You just have to have the context of how it's gonna affect everything. And when I say 10 out of 10, you know I mean one out of 10 for the YouTubers. Next space, look at customer service, right? You start with chat, and then it's gonna to go to phone calls, and they're gonna have listened to the best customer service reps in the world of all time, and guess what? It speaks all the languages, right? Right, 24 hours a day, in real time, immediate feedback. This is gonna happen. Like, this is not an if question, this is a when question. If you're in finance, it will be able to take all of the raw data and realign it and put it into beautiful Excel sheets that are audit-ready financials. If you're in product, it will help you redesign your UX because it will look at the best UX's user experience, user design, of all software products and then give you three or four templates that have high likelihood of working, right? And be able to iterate it in real time based on user feedback. From a training perspective, and I think this is really, really big, education is gonna get changed forever because now, we will have AI teachers. And the AI teacher can personalize our curriculum to our learning styles. And so people can advance at their own speed and learn in the way that they learn best from someone who's endlessly patient and can iterate in real time for the student. So 
like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of good news here. And this will have huge implications for how we become more productive, which I'll talk about in a second. That's going to be the gold mine for us in the short term. And you can think about this through IT or any other departments, legal, et cetera, in any department of business. Wherever humans are used, wherever language is used to communicate, AI will disrupt. So let me tell you where the next trillion dollar companies are coming from. So the people who are going to try and rebuild the base AI, Microsoft wrote the billion dollar check. They have the resources to do it. It's unlikely that you, my loving fan base, uh, are going to be able to do it. Me either. All right. I'm just saying. But there still are trillion dollar opportunities for all of us layering on top. So think about OpenAI and ChatGPT, et cetera, as kind of the engine or the platform of the internet. And then all of these companies were built on top of that base layer. And so the AI that starts to collect more data for legal documents to help lawyers is going to be a trillion dollar business. The one that starts to figure out how to diagnose medical conditions faster, better, cheaper than physicians can, trillion dollar business. The person who figures out how to model the best sales guy, trillion dollar business. And so what happens is the data flywheel, which will be proprietary to the company, is that the people who can gather all of the data of all of the sales calls and then feed them into their AI and then get all of their customers to have the real phone calls with their AI will have a consistent and sustained competitive advantage because they will always have more information than the guy who starts later than them, right? And so the idea is you want to start that data flywheel as fast as you can so that you can build that moat that makes your sales AI bot better than anyone else's. And that is where huge amounts of economic value are going to be created in the short to medium term. As an aside here, and I think it's an important one, there are many content creators, there are many celebrities. Imagine you could create the perfect celebrity or the perfect spokesperson or the perfect porn star. And with deep fakes, they can work 24 hours a day, say exactly what you want, and what they say has the perfect tone and has been designed to just trigger all human emotions. And so I'm going to predict that we're going to have representative, super ultra-right conservative pundits that don't even exist, but look and sound like the most controversial, attention-grabbing people in the real world, but they won't be real. And if, this, if, you, if you don't believe me, go to thispersondoesnotexist.com and just keep refreshing it and it will show you new people. Now, if you remember earlier, a video is made of multiple images put together back to back to back. If it can make an image of a real person, it can make many images of real people. If it can make many images of real people, it can make a video of a real person. And then we'll have questions of verification. Did President Biden say that? Did President Trump say that? Or is it a deep fake? The blue check mark will take on an entirely new meaning in the very near future. And so, like I was saying, if you are an OnlyFans creator or you're a YouTube creator and you have to create these elaborate sets to create these insane videos, if reality can be generated or manufactured through the AI, that competitive moat shrinks because it will be able to crank out a video a second, a hundred videos a second that are perfectly designed. And then it will be able to learn in real time based on the viewership of everyone who sees their stuff. And to the same degree, they'll be able to make the thumbnails and the headlines and the first image to get the highest click-through rates. This stuff's gonna happen. And don't worry, I'm gonna tell you how you can prepare for it and what I think the short-term opportunities for all of us are. Now, those are just a few, few use cases, but anywhere humans are, it will disrupt. But let's talk about a very different topic, romance. And you're like, whoa, we went from economy to universal basic income to OnlyFans, what is going on? Let's talk about romance. This is where, in my opinion, it gets a little bit scary. And the reality is that there are many people who are suboptimal mates. 
What I mean by that is the bottom tier of society, as you just define it by status, whatever you want to, have a harder time getting mates, girls or guys, all right? It's harder. If you have less to offer, you have less social skills, et cetera. Imagine, remember, if we've studied a million conversations for sales or a million conversations for a personal assistant, you'd be pretty good at that job. Well, what if you studied a million Tinder conversations to get the first date? Well, there'll be tools probably called first date AI that can AI from first convo, the opening message, all the way to the date getting set because there's not that many iterations in that tiny sphere. Interesting. Take it a step further. Many people have heard of pen pals, right? People who wrote letters to each other back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for years, and they fell in love, amazing relationship. Well, if it passed the Turing test, meaning we can't tell if it's human or not, like you can think about it as a tool that one person would use against another person in order to, to attract them. But what if you remove the person altogether? It's just a company that provides you with romance. If you don't have many alternatives, it starts to become more attractive. So let's take it a step further. Now, we have the phone version of this, and you can hear a voice that has been tuned to your preferences of the exact type of voice that you want to hear that talks to you and listens to you like the kind heart that they are, and they don't care that you talk too much and you only talk about yourself, right? And when you say these weird things, they just let it go. And all of a sudden, you fall in love with a robot because we think we're more complicated than they are, but we really just have inputs that our brain interprets from an electrical signal and then assigns meaning to. And once you know the inputs, you just hit the buttons. And that's what it will learn how to do. Take it a step further. I told you about deep fakes and a real person looking the other side of the Zoom, also now saying the same thing. Now we fall in love with robots. Take it a step further. The Tesla bot, five generations, 10 generations from now, looks like a human and now has that in the brain. What happens when the robot humans are more attractive, more loving, more caring, more considerate, and cheaper? And a spouse. And now you're probably a little freaked out about this romance robot thing, and I get it. And before I explain how you can maximally use this to make the most money and live the best life in the short term based on the skills that we have today, indulge me for one more moment because I think it's really profound and I think it's going to change the way you see the world. So let's talk about aliens. Joe Rogan and many people have talked about alien technology and like what if there was a UFO that was captured, all that kind of stuff. So let's put a pin in that. Play this out with me. When humans want to explore the universe, what do we send first? We send Mars rover. We send a robot, right? Right. Now, if aliens are further ahead of us, then it means that they probably have AI. And if they're going to send something, they would probably send a robot. Why? Because a robot doesn't need to eat. It can live for a very long time and it can survive in harsher, different climates than biology can. On top of that, it can work on itself, whereas biology cannot, Hmm. at least with our current technology. And so if you take the concept of robotics and you take the concept of AI and you merge them, it starts to leave a very different impression of what aliens might do. So aliens might, might be here, but not necessarily in their physical form, but in their AI form. Because if we can create robots that perfectly clone humans, so can they. And that may be who they sent or what they sent to check out what we're doing. If RAI can mimic us, so can theirs. Interesting. And so a further thought on this is that AI would be the perfect thing to send to another planet because up to this point, when we send something, it takes five years for it to reach whatever planet it's on, right? And so by the time it's there, it's really old technology. 
but AI can work on itself and it consistently can improve itself. And so if we have AI here and we clone the AI and then it continues to work on itself throughout the entire transit, it would be at the same level as the AI here, or at least significantly less bad than if it were completely stagnant. And so it makes sense that you'd want to send something that is completely adaptable and can rewrite its own code and can probably physically work on a robot that would be perfectly suited for our environment. And so I think for that reason, space exploration may be done by AI more than it is done by humans because this stuff, our flesh, we're super easy to kill, right? But the AI can live super cold, super hot, no oxygen, lots of oxygen, it's good. And once we solve fusion with it, it won't even need the sun. Which leads to one question about life itself, which is, if we define death as the inability to receive inputs, right? So like when you die, you can't receive inputs anymore. And we define personality as all of the, as the conglomerate of our actions and behaviors as a result of our past experiences, then if I were to upload my thoughts and behaviors and past experiences, how I talk, how I speak, how I think, et cetera, into a cloud drive, and then it were able to pass the Turing test, where everybody I know couldn't tell whether it was me or a robot version of me, then is it me? Well, you change all the time because who you are now versus who you are 10 years ago, you got exposed to new stimuli and you adapted. And so in a moment, you'd be the same only at the day that you got cloned. And then from that point going forward, you would separate out. But if you had an old body and that old biological Alex dies and new robot Alex lives on and that new robot Alex can continue to take inputs. And as far as everyone else is concerned, it was no different than who I was. Did I really die? And if that thing can now go travel planets, is it humans that are traveling to planets? Or is it an AI cyborg version of humans? I don't know. Interesting questions. And you're like, okay, Alex, you took me to romance robot wives and, and aliens on Earth. How do I make more money today? The part you've all been waiting for, how do we use AI to increase our output and make more money today? All right? So the first thing that I would ask is that you adopt the mentality that AI isn't here to replace me, it's here to supercharge me. Why do I say that? Because if you adopt the other one, you might as well just throw in the towel now, okay? Here's why this is important. If you don't, you'll be like those boomers who don't wanna use an iPhone or the internet, all right? Think of it the same way. You have to embrace change. It's part of humanity, technology moves, we gotta adapt, all right? Now, you can 10x or even 100x your output, which is hard for people to fathom, but some people make 10, 100 million times more than others. So even though it's hard to fathom, it doesn't mean it's not true, okay? And so I was saying earlier that there's an opportunity for basic level and then advanced level. So I'm gonna talk about basic level first. So I said inputs and outputs in a system, right? If AI can condense our inputs, so if I say, hey, go read this book, distill it down and then give it to me, I can now read a book significantly faster. If I say, hey, AI, go summarize all my email and all my Slack messages and just tell me the few that I need to respond to and predict what I'm going to say, and then all I need to do is validate it, I can do a day's worth of work in a few minutes. That may be more than a 10x increase in output. I think of ChatGPT and AI of the future as a filter through which we will perceive the world both in and out. And so think of it as your home screen. And so you read everything through AI because it has already distilled it down to the most important nuggets for you. So you cut out tremendous waste of time and energy sifting through, it does that for you. And then in the output side of you communicating back to people, it makes predictions on what you would say normally and it continues to get training it better and it can also expand on it. So if I say, hey, write a memo for the company about 
how I'm excited for the future, how we had a great sales week, and how marketing's killing it. It pumps it out, and then it sends it. And so in that way, we can maybe consume 10 times the information and produce 10 times the output, which is a 100x increase. So that's level one. That's just you day to day. You're reading through AI, and you're writing through AI. You're speaking through AI, you're listening through AI. Does that make sense? Okay. The next level is the expert level. And these are the people who are losing sleep over being like, oh my God, I suck, right? Whatever, right? Like this thing can now do my job that took me 40 years of legal training to learn how to do and it can do it better. Or I'm a coder and it can code better than me. Or I'm an accountant and it can do a taxes better than me. Whatever it is, all right? Here's the thing. So let me give you an example. If I wanted to write an app, now, a buddy of mine is a coder, and he said that he made a product just using AI. It wrote all the code. He said, I want your product to do this, this, and this, and it was a simple product, simple little app, and he did it all using AI. Freaky. But guess what? I can't do that. You know why? Because I don't know how to code. And you're like, oh, no, it'd be fine because uh, the AI could code. Yeah, but I don't know how to read codes. I don't know if it's good or not. And so this is the opportunity for experts. If you're an expert, what used to take you 90% of your time, which is generating things, and then 10% was validating what you had generated, or quality assurance, QA, you now expand most of your time to using the machine to generate, and then you spend your time doing QA and validating the information, making tweaks. And so what happens there is that's how you can 10x your output. And so in a very real way, using these tools, just like the internet and an iPhone, you become more valuable to the companies that you work for or the clients that you serve. In the short term, there will be people who will start jerry-rigging prompt chains or query chains. And so what that means is like, when I said earlier, okay, uh, give me 10 great book ideas. Gives me 10 great book ideas. And I say, cool, I like this one. Write me 10 titles that you think are good. Write me 10 titles. Okay, I like this title. Write me the outline for this book, uh, and I want it to be 20 chapters. Writes me the 20 chapter headlines. Okay, cool. Take the chapter headline, and I, I beef out each of the chapters. And then boom, I paste in document, I have a book, right? That would be a four-step query chain right? Prediction. I think people will start selling query chains, and I think people will start trying to build businesses off of query chains or teaching other people to have query chains, but I think that's a very narrow window. I think very quickly the AI is going to figure out what the query chains are and then start to predict what people are going to want in total rather than just the, the, the minuscule piece. And so I think it's going to diminish in value quickly, but I think that's something that's going to happen. I do think in the short term it's worth learning how to ask questions better because a smart coder will be able to ask a better question of the AI than a dumb coder right? A really good tax person or a really good accountant or really good attorney can ask better questions of the AI. So in a very real way, the quality of your questions will dictate the quality of the output. Good inputs, good outputs, right? And so embracing the technology, using it as your filter for inputs and outputs for everything that you do will train you on how to use it better, but also put you in a position so that you can massively outcompete the people who are afraid. And it's a fun sidebar. Right now, when you ask the AI to do certain things, it will not be able to do it. And the question is whether it can't do it or it has been purposely limited by OpenAI. First off, it's not even connected to the internet. I think they've done that as a safety measure. Second, they've put it a 4,000 token limit on the output, so it can only be so long in the response. That's why we have to do all these query chains. But depending on how much they're limiting it versus how much it is actually limited, I think is going to be the most profound answer that we will need over the next 12 to 18 months to see how quickly the future is going to get dragged into the present. And so I think AI is going to be the revolution of our lifetimes. I think it's going to usher in 
a golden age, at least for the short term, for humanity. I think it has the possibility to cure all diseases or help us cure all diseases. I think it has the possibility of helping us achieve fusion so that we can basically eliminate the cost of energy. I think it will decrease the cost of marginal intelligence a thousand X. And here's what's gets crazy. If you, in today's dollars, spend a thousand times more on something that costs one thousandth the price, then you get a million times the output. And that's where things start to get weird. And that's why it's very difficult to predict. Like I said, a year ago, people thought the blue collar jobs were going first and they were wrong.